The battleground this election is Georgia. We got to fight like we've never fought before. A historic rematch for governor. Democracy only works when we work for it. In control of the Senate. It is time for me to get out and fight. Will all be decided here. Welcome to the blue Georgia. Know what's really going on with the Politically Georgia podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We were there before all this media attention. Our team of journalists are the authority on the campaign trail. The results will have implications for years to come. Politically Georgia, hosted by AJC political insiders Greg Bluestein and Patricia Murphy. Follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Kevin here. Thanks for listening to History Defeats Itself. Quick note about this episode. You're about to listen to what we are referring to as an HDI classic. What do we mean by classic? It's an early episode when our sound quality was okay, but not the best. If we were in elementary school, it would get a grade of needs improvement, something John got a lot in his school days. In these first few episodes, Greg sounds like he's recording in some sort of remote bunker with a $10 mic he got at a Radio Shack clearance sale. Boy, it's great doing these intros because I can bash my co-hosts and they have no idea I'm doing it. Anyway, don't let this discourage you. It's still perfectly listenable and a fine intro to our award-winning personalities. Just know that our sound improves as we go. Thanks for the download and enjoy the show. Wait, hold on, hold on. Can, Greg, is there any way you can get closer to the mic? I'm having a really hard time hearing you, man. So maybe, guys. John, John, do you hear me okay? Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Oh, you're fuck you. God damn, it's always the Jew. <laughs> Hello and welcome to History Defeats Itself. My name is Kevin Rosenquist. I hope you're doing great wherever you may be. Uh, thank you very much for the download. We definitely appreciate uh, you giving us a listen. Uh, on each episode of History Defeats Itself, we're going to discuss a current topic in our world today. And we'll also dig into the history of that topic and chat about that as well. Ultimately, we hope to figure out if we've learned every, anything for from our past or if we're just repeating ourselves for better or worse. I suppose it's probably best for me to introduce my glorious cohorts and co-hosts. First, coming to us from Los Angeles, California, John Banks. How you doing, John? Doing fantastic on this lovely day, night, slash morning. <laughs> because we don't want to know. <laughs> we Depending don't on when you're listening to it. <laughs> we're recording this, so I'm doing fantastic today and every day. Or night. Or, or, night. or night, yeah. Or, uh, or weekend or weekday. Who, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, no, doing really good. It's been a great week. Glad to be recording our uh, our second episode. Second episode, yeah. So if anyone's yeah. listening, uh, you got past the first one, and um, that's impressive. That's impressive. It is. <laughs> also out there in Los Angeles is the vivacious Greg Mitchell. What's going on, Greg? Hey, guys. Just want to let you know it's 7.17 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, cat's out of the bag. <laughs> it, it is also hour. it is also worth mentioning that we are not historians, and even though we're going to talk about history, we will undoubtedly get things wrong. So please, no hate mail uh, directed towards any of the three of us. And if you have to do it, do it. Please do it towards John because he's uh, he's the, he's the toughest of us all. Yeah, he's probably he's probably high, so he doesn't mind. Probably. He he doesn't mind he doesn't mind the. Uh, the ridicule. There's no and, and I'm used. Him. I'm used to having a father that didn't love me. So bring <laughs> oh, it on, Jesus. world. <laughs> oh, that's 
All right. Well, tonight's not, topic, not just uh, father. <laughs> John's father. Um, so anyway, format for this show, uh, History Defeats Itself. On each episode, one of us will pick the topic and do the research, while the other two are just along for the ride. They don't even know what we're going to talk about until we hit record. Um, tonight, Mr. Greg Mitchell is our fearless leader. So uh, John and I are in the blind, so neither of us know what the topic is going to be. So Greg, enlighten us. Well, you guys, put on your seatbelts and enjoy the ride. Today we'll be discussing a topic that on the surface should not be divisive or polarizing, but since you guys know we live in 2019, everything is, so this topic probably will be too. Like most hot button topics, opinions tend to be black and white, not very forgiving. My goal with the subject is to create a greater gray area and not stoke a fire. But this is History Defeats Itself, and we really don't know what the fuck we are talking about. So we'll bring some facts and laughs and learn something about vaccinations. Oh, okay, okay. Dude, ah. this is what I was going to do next week. Ah, sorry, oh, you made it two days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you, so are you serious, Jen? No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have talked about the... the, this, the the real possibility that that's going to happen at some point if we keep doing this right, podcast. Right. So. <laughs> I'm going to do a much lighter topic. I'm going to do abortions. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Well, you are from Alabama. That's true. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's that's a problem. All right. All right. Hey, so, all right. So let's, let's get into it. So just a simple definition of what a vaccination is. Good. That's a good place to those, start because I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you right now. Vaccinations are typically mixtures of a treatment that produces immunity against a disease. An example, like an inoculation. So the reason why we started with vaccinations is since the dawn of humanity, we've attempted to manipulate our environment for the purpose of our own ability to survive and thrive and continue to grow and eat a Taco Bell and all that good stuff. Through experimentation and exploration, we've long tried to stop the spread of diseases, viruses, bacteria. So vaccinations actually started... Uh, with Dr. Edward Jenner. He's known as the pioneer of vaccinations. He started with the smallpox vaccine, which was revolutionary for his day, and he became known as the father of immunology. So I could start a little bit with uh, with a background on what smallpox was and kind of what it was doing to people back in the did, day and why they, they worked so hard to stop it. Yeah, Kevin. Did you, did you say uh, a year on that first vaccination? If you did, I missed it. A year... Uh, I don't know where would I have said a year. I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm curious as to what year the first vaccination was. Oh, okay. Well, I'm getting there. I'm gonna oh, sorry. Get, oh, sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll get there. How? Sorry. Trust I, me. I, I have a whole time. I like the data. I like the data. I did, I, I did at least 25 minutes of research, so I got that written <laughs> down right here. Nice. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little confused, but let me just stop you for just a second. So vaccinations, that is what made Captain America a super soldier, right? That's what we're talking about? Actually, no, it, nope, it no kind of was. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> they did, yeah. <laughs> All right, so getting back to smallpox. <laughs> so smallpox, just so you know what the people were facing at the time. Smallpox was caused by the variola virus, was a highly contagious infectious disease that caused infected individuals to develop a fever and a progressive disfiguring skin rash. Three of... Three out of ten individuals infected with smallpox died. Many survivors had permanent scars, often on their faces, or were left blind. Through vaccination, the disease was eradicated in 1980. However, research for effective vaccines 
drugs and diagnostics for smallpox continue just in case some country or terrorist tries to use it as a bioterror weapon. So it's actually something that uh, smallpox vaccines and the actual the actual virus itself are kept in uh, a couple different labs around the country in undisclosed locations, which is kind of interesting. Wow. So did you, did you say 30%? So, so basically three out of 10 people die? Yeah. Is that what you three, said? Three out of 10 people died. So you could see the sense of urgency yeah, from the, yeah. from this, uh, from, from what was going on with this. So anyway, this doctor, Dr. Edward, Edward Jenner, um, he, he started, so his, his first vaccination started in 1796, Kevin. Do you remember that year? Wow. Um, yeah. mm, mm, it was a beautiful, beautiful year. So what he did was he carried out what is a pretty famous uh, vaccination test on an eight-year-old named James Phipps. So he inserted pus taken from a cowpox postule and inserted it into an incision on his arm. So he basically put the the virus right into the blood. And uh, he was working on, I guess, you know, I I learned that in different countries like India and and whatnot – that's how they would be able to – they had kind of a, a country folklore way to, to heal people and they would just inject the actual live virus into people's blood. And by doing that a little bit, they, they ended up creating kind of an inoculation. So well, that was that, kind I of, mean that's what a vaccination is, right? You give a little bit of the disease so you help build an immunity to it or no? But the virus is dead, right? Now, now they oh. use dead viruses, not live viruses. Uh, now they use dead viruses. Fucking blunt. Like, are my? Are you going to tell me the ending of Game of Thrones now? <laughs> what did I say earlier? All right, I'm behind a little. Yeah, douchebags. So I'm anyway, pretty- this doctor, this doctor actually came up with the word vaccination um, because he was using those cow postulates. He the vac vodka is Latin for cow. So anytime you're talking about a vaccination, just know that it's uh, derivative is is actually a cow. Cow nation. Cow. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting, huh? So so he published his article, and um, believe it or not, it was not very widely uh, positively received by peers. Uh, so fellow doctors were kind of poo-pooing what he was kind of coming up with, and even the general public was not very into it. There were a lot of critics. So not unlike today, there were even back then the very first vaccinator vaccine. There were anti-vaxxers back then. So huh. people. I mean, I, I would imagine that was out of fear, right? It was completely out of fear. Yes, but you kind of yeah. you kind of can't blame them. No, man, and and as you'll see later when we talk about current vaccinations, uh, anti-vaxxers are coming from a place of fear as well, mm-hmm. for the most part. But we'll we'll get there in just a moment. So, anyway, um, he was he was successful in that he eventually. Um, about 20 years later, it became law in a couple different states that you had to vaccinate your kids. So a quick timeline for you guys. I can give you, I can give you a quick breakdown of our vaccination history. So by the late 1940s, scientific knowledge had developed enough so that large-scale vaccine production was possible and disease control efforts could begin in earnest on smallpox and others. So when they started, when everyone started getting vaccinations throughout the United States, it was basically happening in the 1940s. So what you were getting in your vaccine for your kids was smallpox, diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. That's, uh, that's what the whooping cough is. You guys have heard of whooping cough, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I've had it. I've actually had the whooping cough. Have you really? Have you? Yeah, yeah. I got, I got it uh, about seven years ago or eight years ago, something like that, and it... it uh, 
It was. It lasted for six months. I couldn't get rid of the goddamn wow. thing. Wow, that's that's unusual for an adult too. No, isn't it more common yeah. in kids? No, it's both. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yep. It was crazy six too because I would like cough. Fuck. I would like cough, 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 and basically it was just my lungs would just be completely empty of air. And when I would stop coughing, I'd be like, <gasps> you know, and it was oh, it sucked. It sucked so bad. I think uh, we were working together when that was happening, and it was quite annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Judge. I, I, know, I tried, I'm trying to work over here. I tried to cough quietly. I really did. Well, I just I remember wanting you to go outside a lot when that happened. So basically, yeah. I mean, I feel that way. I feel that way every day. Yeah. <laughs> I, about I you. So getting back to this timeline, uh, this vaccination schedule, basically every 10 years or so, something new was added to our vaccines. In the 1950s, it saw a huge leap in that Dr. Jonas Salk uh, added the polio vaccine. So that made huge, I mean, he saved countless countless lives with yeah. that. 1960s saw measles, mumps, rubella. It's commonly known as MMR. They were added. The 70s saw the eradication of smallpox. So they popped out the smallpox vaccine. The 80s saw hepatitis B. The 2000s saw hep A. And subsequently, influenza, rotavirus in the 2010s. And basically, here's what you get today if you're a kid and you're going for your vaccinations. You're getting diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, measles, mumps, rubella, polio, hib, hepatitis B. Varicella. I don't know what the hell that is. I'm sure it's not very dangerous. Hepatitis A, uh, influenza, and rotavirus. So, so it's thirteen. It's quite. It's quite a big, big. Yeah, it's quite a big. That's thing a big. That's, that's thirteen. I counted. That was thirteen. That's a big menu. And, and how? How over what time frame? Are you getting those all at once, or do they get that too, like in steps? Well, what they're doing is they spread it out incrementally, and um, I have that written down somewhere. Um, how they so. One of the issues is that they, they tend to give you several of these at the same time. So that's when some people have adverse reactions to these. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, my daughter, when she was getting her vaccinations, uh, she would develop a really hard spot on her arm or the injection, at the injection site. And it would, it would get hot, hot, hot. It's almost like her arm had like a really hot fever. And uh, it was bad. So we, we asked them to kind of lower the dosage at our, next, at our follow-up vaccine. And it's kind of – they do it by age. And since my daughter is really tiny for her age, it was probably a little too much for her system to handle. But wow. as, you'll, as you'll learn next, it's a good segue to find out what has happened subsequently because, as you well know, there's a lot of people that are uh, now refusing to have their children be vaccinated. So well, before with, I have a, I have a quick question on the the influenza one how do how do they do that because it changes I mean like the flu shot changes every every year and oftentimes they don't even get it right so is, well I think that's more of a prophylactic uh, vaccination that's done independently of your other vaccinations so it's kind of like it's the flu shot basically that they're, they're giving the kids the, the current flu shot of whatever the current they're, strain is and it's not just the well, kids like vaccines aren't just regulated for for children it's no but adults. typically that's when vaccines happen is when you're a kid i mean most people i would say well i get i got my like when i went to uh uh peru well, when i went to south america i don't know whenever that was like five or six years ago i, I got a, a hep a a hep b um and then i got a, a like a booster on my tetanus uh and then i'm trying to think what else did i do Oh, oh, the influenza, uh, it's not, it's not that they're giving you, it's not that they're trying to, they're not giving you a, a influenza that for, 
like whatever the influence is that year, it's the one that they think is going to be the biggest. Right. So that's why you can still get a flu shot and get and get the flu because yeah, you may not get a strain of that flu. Yeah. They're they're just guessing. I mean, they're they're guessing, and sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're wrong. And I mean, you can still it's an educated indeed, guess, but it's still a guess. But right. you can still get the flu, but they almost promise you that you won't die from it. And the uh, duration of the flu can be shortened by uh, at least 24 hours if you do get it. So yeah. even if it's completely wrong, which it's never 100% wrong, even if it's completely wrong, you're going to – you won't die. And that's – that's the flu can wipes out people our age and, and younger like every every year. So yeah, it's, yeah. it is still kind of dangerous and perfectly healthy well, we're, people. We're all 24 years old, right? So um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, I feel very healthy and young and, you know, vibrant, full of life and gray hair. <laughs> well, you look great. I mean, I've never seen anyone have a gray beard at 24, but it's probably just, well, yeah. you're not, you're not managing your stress well. It's probably all those vaccinations. They got all the red <laughs> right. Yeah, he's getting a gray getting, beard vaccination. I'm getting adult onset autism from my vaccinations. That's what's going to happen. Well, John, that's you interesting. Could. So did you did you get all those uh, those shots before you went to South America because it was recommended or just because you thought you because you decided to do it? Uh, well, I, I knew I went to uh, the, the, I forgot there was I, I had a, I, I looked online and there was basically like one of the places I was going. You wanted it was a typhoid. It was some sort of like mosquito thing right so i went yeah. to go get that and when i was there my doctor was like well she said if you're going to if you're going down to south america you probably want to do your hep a and hep b because uh there could be contamination of food and that could just, and you don't want like that can make you very sick and that's a very uh -huh. bad thing to do so she's like if you take the she goes it's really simple and you should totally take the vaccination and i was you know i, I was like yeah, that makes sense i would much rather take a vaccination than get hepatitis a or b or, or c yeah or, or d or, or f or l yeah <laughs> well you know, since since we did learn about how efficient and effective and what the vaccinations are, um, because it is 2019 and our current climate has a couple of anti-vaxxers, here's what we're seeing now. Uh, there's a resurgence of four major diseases that are all ironically, or maybe not ironically, uh, preventable. Measles, mumps, whooping cough, and chickenpox. I heard about the so, chickenpox, yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit more information. I think we should just go ahead and dive in. I'm going to I'm going to quickly because I'll tell you what happened to me is before I researched this, I didn't really realize how dangerous these four things actually are. So, um, I'm going to break down what each one does to you and kind of what's happened recently. So, start with measles. Measles is a contagious disease spread by a virus. It's so contagious that when someone has measles, 90% of the people around them who aren't immune will also catch it. And it's so serious, it's so serious that one in four people who get measles will need to be hospitalized. And the thing about that is it actually stays alive. If you if John Banks walks into my house and he's got measles, he cannot, he might, he doesn't even have to touch anything. He could walk out the door and for 24 hours, it's a live virus. So that's why the, that's why it's so contagious. It's just ridiculous. Wow. So measles was declared eliminated in the United States just 19 years ago, three decades after the vaccine was introduced. So we were successful. But in recent years, a critical number of patients or parents have chosen not to vaccinate their children. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's back. Um, here's maybe something that you heard about. Uh, there's, there's been an outbreak in 2019 this year. The CDC defines an outbreak as three or more cases. 
The largest outbreak this year has been in New York City, with nearly 400 cases concentrated in an Orthodox Jewish community in the Williamsburg area of Brooklyn. So uh, the mayor, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, he declared a, a public health emergency on April 9th, a little more than a month ago, and said unvaccinated residents living in a certain zip code that had been exposed to the virus must get the vaccine to help prevent, help further prevent the spread of the disease. So if you didn't get it, you'd be fined a thousand dollars. So of course there's backlash and a group of parents are suing the city and telling them, no, you can't make us get this vaccine. But meanwhile, you know, it's back in numbers and people are getting really, really sick from it. So besides uh, this part of New York, uh, Rockland County, which is just north of the city, uh, Washington State, Michigan, New Jersey, and California. As a matter of fact, there's been individual cases confirmed in 22 states. So that's a pretty big number. That is a big number. You, you guys, uh, just so you get an idea of how dangerous it is, uh, for some people, measles brings far more than just a fever and rash, which is commonly kind of what's known about measles. There's no treatment, and it can cause serious health complications, especially in small children. Currently, five patients in New York City have been admitted to the intensive care unit. In general, one out of every 10 children with measles gets an ear infection, which can lead to permanent hearing loss, and one or two out of every 1,000 will die. So if you want to know who's most at risk, um, about 500,000 people in the United States can't be vaccinated because of severe allergies or a weakened immune system. I'll kind of get some more on that later with some case studies, which is kind of wild. Um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of what measles is. Um, measles, as I mentioned, actually, uh, I stand corrected. The measles can stay, the virus can stay and continue to spread four days after four days after someone that's been infected has been around your area. So that's kind of nuts. It stays alive for a long time. Four days. Jesus. And it's when yeah. an infect. Oh. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say when an infected person coughs or sneezes, the virus sprays into the air where it lingers or lands on surfaces. And uh, yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a big issue. Uh, I mean, Kevin, I, I hate to say this, but since, since we're in this podcast, I really feel like I need to, uh, that actually the dragon in Game of Thrones dies from measles. Uh, I really hate to ruin that for you, but it's, uh, yeah, I know. I think it was a whooping cough, bro. <laughs> you know, all I said it before killed, this it killed, was I, just, it killed I was the trying uns- to not get spoilers, and here we are. Yeah, I know, I know. Greg, I have a question, and I'm probably jumping the gun, but I don't care, because I, I, I don't, I know, I know a little bit, I don't have kids, so I know kind of the bare bare bones about this issue for the parents who don't who are, who are what did you call them anti-vaxxers or what are they non-vaxxers? yeah they're anti-vaxxers. anti-vaxxers what is it anti anti-vaxxers what what is the primary reason for being an anti-vaxxer and maybe okay. john john you might know too if either one of you can jump in because I, I don't know much about it to be truthfully honest with you truthfully I can- honest yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely jump in and let you know because there are several. So some people are kind of conspiracy conspiracy theorists. You know, the same ones that think chemtrails are coming at them out of the sky, and they think that anything that the government produces um, will is inherently bad and wrong. And trying for you. to control, trying to control us or something in some way. It's part of trying to control the masses, right? And other people don't um, don't trust uh, big pharma. 
right? Because that's who's profiting from it. So of course, if they're going to mandate it, it means these these companies are making money off of that. Um, would would any of it be? I'm kind of like to interrupt you here, but the uh, the Hasidic Jews you were talking about in New York would that be based on a religious belief? Would that would that be because of their religion they chose not to do that? That particular case is not based upon a religious belief. It's more mm. based on. Um, Kind of like an, you know what? I can't actually. I can't speak to that. I don't think. I don't think Judaism has anything to because I know Jews. A lot of a lot of Hasidic Jews are doctors, right? So it's not like they don't believe in medicine. It's not like Christian scientists. I I don't quite know what what the reason is that they don't get vaccinated. Then there's also a whole other arm of this to kind of answer. Kevin as well. Um, I was going to get to that a little bit later, and I probably will in more detail. Is um, with with uh, Jenny McCarthy kind of s- started off this this thing where um, you know they thought that autism Jenny was related. Sing- singled out Jenny McCarthy. Oh yeah, yeah. She, yeah. yeah she started a whole anti-vax thing with uh, autism, right? And but a lot of people don't know. I mean, Jenny McCarthy did not go to nine years of medical school to have that opinion. So, you know, I feel like she doesn't get credit. Yeah. So I'll, I'll touch a little bit more on that later. Um, but yeah, that, no, she did not do that. Actually. She barely no. successfully made it through MTV signal. So. <laughs> <laughs> she, she did date, uh, who, who was Jim, Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey, right? Yeah. Jim yeah. Carrey, they dated yeah. for a while or they got married, right? Yeah. I, I think they were, I don't know if they got married, yeah. but I remember that they were together. Oh. Yeah, I mean, and I think he decided she was a little too well. Whatever. I'm sure. You know what? I don't wish her any will, ill will. Um, the bottom line is, it came from a place of compassion and caring for her child, right? Like when your child uh, is diagnosed with with a disorder, like uh, somewhere on the autistic spectrum, you're kind of you kind of are left to grapple on your own and. Unfortunately, you rely a little bit on anecdotal evidence as opposed to scientific evidence. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, more on that later. So I was, I, I and, wanted and to people break... in California are fucking crazy too, you know? No, oh my God. For yeah. sure. No. Yeah. Well, I'm wearing socks and Birkenstocks right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, so, I, have, I thought I have that was more where I am. I'm in Colorado. Feet. I thought that was more a Colorado thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's related. Okay, you guys want to hear about the other, the monks and the whooping cough and all that oh good stuff? Oh my God, can we? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> okay, I'll go through them really quickly because I, I, it's just interesting to me because I didn't realize, <laughs> you're going to find, you're going to like this. Okay, so <laughs> real quick about monks. Wait till you hear about whooping cough. Oh, you're going to like this. <laughs> you're going to like that one. <laughs> Even though the vaccine has dr- drastically reduced mumps cases, outbreaks still occur. Outbreaks have most commonly occurred among groups of people who have prolonged close contact, such as sharing water bottles or cups or kissing <laughs> practicing sports mm. together or living in close quarters so if you're playing hockey and you're getting a little randy in the locker room <laughs> then you're gonna walk out with mumps buddy so if you want to know what the signs and symptoms Sharing are a water bottle too that's that's tough i mean i mean oh it happens all the time right yeah i mean seriously yeah yeah sharing each other's penises it's just yeah i mean Sharing water bottles, touching penises. Yeah, I mean, it's no. daily. You yep. know, daily. I got mumps in my mouth. What, what about <laughs> cuddling? What about cuddling with the people on your hockey team? Is that is that going to cause mumps? Um, so far, no dice, but I've been right, trying. Nice. So you guys can continue to cuddle. <laughs> I'm working hard on it. So mumps is best known for the puffy cheeks and tender, swollen jaw. 
you know, draw. I think I think what we really need here is we need to re we need to rebrand these things, right? Because measles, mumps, and whooping cough. None they of these sound like things, fun. <laughs> they don't well, yeah, they don't sound that bad, right? It's yeah. like, ah, I got mumps, no big deal. Yeah, you know, no big it's deal. like 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 gonorrhea. I've got a, that, I've got a tender jaw. <laughs> yeah, it's like getting sensitive. a piece of the skittles yeah i have a very sensitive jaw right um well, my jaw is contagious my jaw is very progressive uh <laughs> my jaw is very progressive so yeah i mean maybe instead of mumps it's like i mean well i mean are, are mumps dangerous can mumps kill us well let's let's uh let's shut the fuck up and listen for a second oh so, wow so other symptoms Somebody has somebody has a mump since personality. (laughs) (laughs) So so common symptoms are fever, headache, muscle aches, tiredness, and loss of appetite. Symptoms typically appear 16 to 18 days after infection, but this period can range from 12 to 25 days after infection. Some people who get mumps have very mild symptoms. We don't give a fuck about them. In rare cases, mumps can cause more severe complications. Most people will recover completely within two weeks. However, complications, and I'm going to tell you, this is the first complication. Inflammation of the testicles in males who have reached puberty. This may lead to a decrease in testicular size. So if you have testicular atrophy, chances are your mumps caused it. So so instead of mumps, if we called it tiny balls, uh, we would probably have more (laughs) of a... Reaction in our house of governments, right? You, so you got the tiny balls. Yeah. Uh oh. I got the tiny balls. So yeah. So they so, say tiny, tiny hands, tiny balls, right? <laughs> that is. That is. So what they're gonna say now? <laughs> as long as it's proportional, that's all that matters. So for women, it can infect. Uh, you could get inflammation of the ovaries and or breast tissue. Not fun. Inflammation of the pancreas. No. Inflammation of the brain. So you can legitimately get encephalitis and yeah, that could kill you. Inflammation of the tissue covering the brain and spinal cord meningitis and that can kill you too. And for some reason, this isn't ranked in order of seriousness because the next one is deafness. And I would definitely rather be deaf than uh, die. Than dead? But I don't know. Than dead. Better deaf than dead. So maybe we should just put killer mumps and and like we call it killer whooping cough, killer mumps, killer measles. And maybe that will be the thing. Get the point across. I like it. I like it. Killer mumps coming to death, this summer. I got no one's gonna mess. No one's gonna mess with a killer whale. So you know, yeah, I like <laughs> where your head true. is. This is good. That's true. I've seen a video of a shark attacking killer whales. All right. Well, uh, let's, was that part of your research? <laughs> no, I'm watching video. Yeah, I did. I went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I started checking out for small testes, and like 13 hours later, I'm watching killer whales. <laughs> Get eaten by I sharks. would not recommend googling small testicles. No, no. <laughs> if you Why don't not? want to end up on some sort of government watch list, right? Hey. Or 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 on on Shark Week, you know. So, <laughs> guess what's next? It's the John uh, Banks John Banks dis- disease. John Banks disease. We'll get the, the John cough. It's the John cough, and trust me, it was way more annoying for me than it was for him. <laughs> Uh, pertussis, also known as whooping cough, is a highly contagious respiratory disease. And John Banks and I spent a lot of time together, and I never got it, so I feel slighted. Uh, so pertussis is known for uncontrollable, violent coughing, which often makes it hard to breathe, as John attested to a little bit earlier. So he didn't lie. After cough fits, 
Someone with pertussis often needs to take deep breaths, which result in a whooping sound. Pertussis can affect people of all ages, but can be very serious, even deadly for babies less than a year old. So that's not much good coming from that. The no. best way to, to protect against pertussis, guess what? It's getting vaccinated because you won't mm. fucking get it. So, well, actually, that's not true. I'll get into that later. Um, Real quick, though, I yeah, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know what you know. I was, I, I would have to check with my parents to find out what vaccinations I had when I was a kid. I don't know if whooping cough was one of them, but you know, when we were when we were kids, was that a common vaccination to anyone's knowledge? Because I mean, John, you obviously had it as an adult, so I, I was just curious. Obviously, you you must not have been vaccinated, although Greg did. No, I was, I was definitely. You... So, so here's a here's a misconception about vaccinations, uh, and I was educated by my girlfriend because I didn't know this. Um, but it's it's basically th- think of a vaccination. Did she go to medical school? She did. She did. Yeah, she's a, a doctor of go fuck yourself, Greg. Uh, <laughs> that's like Trump. That's like Trump University. Is that, yeah. How many years is that? <laughs> Thirteen. Thirteen years. <laughs> so, um. But uh, so vaccine, is, it's a safety net. So basically you, it's like a herd mentality. So you need, if, you ha- if it starts breaking down, so you need, most people need to be vaccinated because there are certain people who can't get vaccinated because of reactions to the vaccines. Like, I think, would you say 500,000 people or something like that? Um, so it's like, but, but if, if, if the number goes below a certain percentage, then that opens up everybody because that gives, I think, if I understand it correctly, it, it gives the viruses and the diseases the chance to mutate and then and then it's like the vaccination that i got isn't going to work on its own because it needs to be the whole herd basically having the vaccinations so that that's what happened that that's why these things are coming back so it's not like if you go get the vaccination you're not going to get it it's that i mean it may help and it may help cut down the time and stuff like that but but it's the idea is that you need most people need to be vaccinated for vaccinations to work like they're supposed to okay man how do i know that well, you're actually you're only half right. Oh, oh. And I'm going to go into where you're wrong in a bit, but I just felt like saying that because you're mostly right. <laughs> 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 okay, so <laughs> thanks, John, for that information. I appreciate that. Maybe, uh, maybe your girlfriend can step in for you in a minute, and you can go eat dinner or something. Yeah. Um, no. Okay, so uh, the causes of. of pertussis or the whooping cough. It's a, it's a respiratory illness commonly known as whooping cough. It's very contagious. It's caused by a bacteria called Bordetella pertussis. Uh, so these bacteria, you know how your lungs have uh, that tiny hair, the cilia, and it, it bonds to that and it clogs up your upper respiratory system and uh, the bacteria release toxins. Uh, they damage the cilia as well and they cause your airway to swell. That's not a lot of fun. You know what Pertussis? helps with that? Smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Cigarettes. When you, when you, I remember when you, like if you have like a cough or a cold, I was a former smoker, and I can never figure out why, like when I was smoking, I would not cough when I had a cold. And, and I found out at one point, assuming whoever told me this was telling me the truth, and they made me not, but that your cilia, it like, like smoking paralyzes your cilia. So you don't cough as much because they aren't doing their moving thing, which makes you cough. So, John, if you get the whooping cough again, take up smoke. Or, or, I mean, for all those parents listening, if you have a small child, just get that kid a smoking. Get, get that kid a Marlboro. going to be okay. will be fine. This, is, by the way, is the second say- episode in a row where I've suggested one of you should quit or should start smoking. So <laughs> it might be a theme for me. <laughs> 
I've already started. I just, I just want to stop for a second because I know nobody can see us, right? Because we're not putting any video for this. But but I just want I want the I want I want the people listening to know that this is how liberal we are. So Kevin is wearing a shirt that says equality. Greg is wearing a shirt that is basically Obama, like some sort of a picture of Obama as like oh he has as Obama with an American flag face. <laughs> And I am wearing a shirt that says diversity. So <laughs> you just outed yourself. I mean, us. I mean, Thanks, buddy. No, uh, what a, what no, a bunch uh, of goddamn no, liberal hippies. Yeah, I was gonna say there's no uh, no 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 questioning which uh, side of the coin we're on. But um, yeah, yeah, I know. Why is everything got to be money? What? Why is everything got to be what? Money. Money. <laughs> Coins. Is it because I'm Jewish? Oh. 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 That's yeah. right. Did we tell people you're Jewish yet, Craig? Nah, we just did. I did. Mm, mm. Now I'm a liberal Jew. I'm a liberal <laughs> Jew. <laughs> God damn it! I eat Chinese food on Christmas. I'm a radical. Whoa. I'm a radical right wing conservative Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you got AIDS at Machu Picchu. <laughs> what, what would that belief be? <laughs> like, okay, so you, you guys want to hear tra- about the transmission of whooping cough? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do. It's got it's a four on the floor. Oh no, that's different. <laughs> uh, pertussis is very contagious disease. It's found only in humans. It spreads from person to person. People with pertussis usually spread the disease to another by coughing or sneezing, or when spending a lot of time near one another when you share breathing space. So John and I, I still am a little offended. I didn't get it from you. But, uh, <laughs> what? What are you too good to me? Good for me, disease? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's a bunch of bullshit. I must and I sm- tried. I must I have been smoking in his drinks. <laughs> you were coughing all over his food. Yeah, I was doing everything I could to give him whooping cough, but he just wouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> the best I could come up with was, ah, okay, cough. <laughs> I wasn't quite into whooping. Not a full whoop, but a little cough. So infected people are, are most contagious up to two weeks after the cough begins. Antibiotics might shorten the amount of time it's contagious, but you're pretty much fucked. Uh, signs, signs and symptoms. Uh, you cough a lot. I don't need to bore you with all the details. It's runny noses. It's it's like a really bad cold, and and you can even get like sleep apnea. So it's your symptoms are, are pretty obvious as far as. Uh, as far as complications, um, whooping cough can cause serious and sometimes deadly complication, complications in babies and young children, especially those who have not received all recommended uh, vaccines. About half of babies younger than one year who get pertussis need care in a hospital. The younger the baby, the more likely they will need treatment in hospital. Of those babies who are treated in hospital with pertussis, one out of four get pneumonia. One out of 100 will have convulsions. Three out of five will have apnea, which is slowed or stopped breathing. One out of 300 will have encephalopathy, the disease of the brain. Not good. I must have it because I can't say it. And uh, unfortunately, 1%, one out of 100, will die. Um, For teens and adults, um, it's it's not quite as bad, but with their symptoms, they can... uh, one out of three will experience weight loss, which might be the new diet fad. Uh, one out of three will will suffer loss of bladder control. Um, I like three the callback, fi- by the way. I like the callback to the previous episode. That was good. You're welcome. Three out of, three out of 50 will pass out. And uh, rib fractures 
from severe coughing affect? I got I got rib fractures. I actually I actually cracked some of my ribs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's actually a really common thing when people have real real severe coughs. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've had cracked ribs before, and I'm sure you too have you have too, Greg, because we both play hockey, and and it is uh it's awful. It sucks. It's, Especially it's, I can't it, even imagine having it when you still have whooping cough too. I mean that had to be oh it's oh yeah it's because you know it's coming and it's oh it's so terrible. Oh. And, and I think for me, and I don't know if it's mentioned in in there, Greg, but uh, for me, it it absolutely ruined my chances of being a pro baseball player, which was very disappointing to me because I think you both know how hard I worked. That but, and that alone were the reasons you could not be. A pro, pro baseball right. player. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Nothing else. Because of the, what was it? The loss of uh, bladder control? Is that why? <laughs> no, that's not. Is, is you, why, you totally, is why you I couldn't be a pro baseball player. through that. <laughs> <laughs> you just stand around half the time. I mean, shit. They really that's don't true. do a goddamn thing that's as true. baseball players. <laughs> and they make the most money, too. That's They make the most money. Yeah, they certainly do. No salary cap. No, it's, and they, it's a conversation yeah. for another episode that John will be riveted by. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is even more riveting. Let's get the chicken pox, guys. Mm, <laughs> this is the last yes. of the four. This is the last of the four that have made a comeback. And keep in mind, uh, none of these four should be around. We shouldn't even be talking about them. They should be a thing of the past. So, chicken pox is a highly contagious disease caused by the varicella zoster virus. Uh, don't make me say that again. It can cause an itchy, blister-like rash. The rash first appears on the chest back, face, and then spreads over the entire body, causing between 250 to 500 itchy blisters. So that's not much fun. It's not much fun having to count those on people either. That's pretty interesting that they haven't come over. Uh, chickenpox, chickenpox can be serious, especially in babies, adolescents, adults, pregnant women, and people with a Im- weakened immune system. The best way to prevent chickenpox is to get the chickenpox vaccine. Vaccination. Uh, are we seeing mm. a, a theme? Chickenpox. I kind of saw where that was going. I did. I got to say, I, I, I kind of saw where the plot was going there. So. <laughs> and we'll maybe, again, maybe instead of chickenpox, body herpes? What about that? That that sounds more sounds like how, worse than chicken pox. Yeah, that's how true. about how chicken, about chicken I got pox one. Sounds, how about, sounds delicious. So yeah. <laughs> how about, yeah, I like my chicken pox deep fried. <laughs> how about poultry poison? Poultry poison. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So guess what? More facts about chicken pox. Chicken pox used to be very common in the United States in the early 1990s. An average of four million people got chicken pox. Uh, 10,500 to 13,000 were hospitalized and 100 to 150 died each year. I don't know if you guys ever heard of chicken pox parties, but they're pretty common. If, uh, if one kid in your neighborhood got it, they would basically try and get the whole group to get chicken pox and shit. Why not take your stab at dying instead of getting a fucking vaccination? I remember, I mean, I remember as a kid that people, a lot of, a lot of kids ended up with chicken pox. I, I remember that. And I had and chicken I, pox. I think I I think didn't everybody back then wasn't it kind of a thing? I, like I did everyone, not. I did not. I did not did get not? the chicken pox, no, thought, which is I, makes me really susceptible to them now. So oh, you know what? Though that Guys. was a thing though, where everybody got the everyone once you got it, you got it out of your system, and then you were fine. That was kind of a thing, right? Yeah, I I actually made a mistake. I did not get chicken pox. I got El Pollo Loco. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's really. Spanish. I'm sorry, guys. The crazy chicken. (laughs) That's what it was. So chicken pox usually lasts four to seven days. Um, Itchiness, fluid-filled blisters. Those are fun to pop on your mom when she's checking you out. Uh, The rash, we talked about it showing up on your 
chest, face, back, spreads over your entire body, including your sugar genitals, because you just got over the mumps, your mouth, your eyelids, uh, not kidding about the genital area, by the way. Uh, one to two days before the rash, you're going to get fever, tired, loss of appetite, headache. Uh, children typically miss five to six days of school complications. Complications are not great, as we kind of went through before. You could die from it. Uh, get your vaccination for chickenpox, all right? All right, guys. So we're gonna we're gonna switch over to the next little topic um, because, as you can tell, I'm trying not to editorialize too much, but probably know where my opinion sways, and I would like to continue to talk shit about anti-vaxxers. So let's go ahead and talk about people that cannot, for health reasons, receive vaccinations. So, for example. If you have leukemia or some other disease where your immune system is compromised or you're undergoing chemotherapy, uh, it'd be kind of nice if you knew that your neighbors and your friends and everyone around you actually got vaccinated because when they spread one of these wonderful things to you, it could kill you really easily. Your body is weak, your immunity is low, and uh, I got a couple case studies to kind of drive that point home. So last year, a 26-year-old man receiving treatment for leukemia went to a Swiss hospital emergency room with a fever, a sore throat, and a cough, and was admitted. His condition worsened, and 17 days later, he died from severe complications of measles. The man's weakened immune system was unable to fight off the disease, even though he himself was vaccinated as a child. So maintaining high enough levels of vaccination coverage in the broader community, also known as what John talked about before, herd, herd immunity, can limit the spread of measles and other diseases and help protect those who are especially vulnerable. Another case study. In 2015, the United States of America suffered its first measles death in 12 years. The woman... The woman's measles was undetected and confirmed only through an autopsy, according to Washington State Department of Health. The woman's name was not released, but officials said she lived in Clawman County. The woman was probably exposed to measles at a medical facility during a measles outbreak this spring, or I'm sorry, that spring, it was in 2015, according to the health department. She was at the hospital the same time as a patient who later developed a rash and diagnosed with measles. Patients with measles can spread the virus even before showing symptoms. That's why it's just so dangerous. The woman who died of pneumonia had other health conditions and was taking medications that suppressed her immune system. So, hmm, the takeaway, I mean, I, so, what do you think the takeaway so, is? Uh, well, I mean, I, so I, I think this is where it gets really sticky, right? Because I feel like I mean, John's on the fence here. So I, I'm, I'm curious. No, no, to no, hear, no I'm, I'm not. I'm curious to hear I'm your, not on your the point fence. of view. Like a, like, no, no, I'm not on the fence, but, but, but I can understand. So it's like, I, I, you know, I believe in people's right to be able to choose things, but at the same time, I, I feel like, I, I feel like this kind of falls in the same thing of like people who use their religion, you know, so people, there's certain people who believe that I, I think it was Christian scientists who believe that. You know, you don't you don't go to a hospital, you don't go to a doctor, so they'll let their children die right. versus taking them to the hospital. You know, and and I just I think there's a line, and and it's and it is a very fine line. It is a slippery slope, right? But I do think there's a line where you 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 have to say, I'm sorry, I understand you have this belief, but because your belief puts all these other people or puts puts most of us in jeopardy, tough shit. You don't you, you don't get to have it, 
right? Yeah. And, I, and I know, and then that's in a democracy, it's like, but we're in a democracy, and you, you know, and it's so it's it's really hard for me to say that, but it's like I, I, you know, I don't have kids, but if I had kids, I, I don't want my child's life to be put in jeopardy from something that we could stop or something that we could certainly mi- mitigate, right? But isn't but but the 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 argument from anti-vaxxers isn't it that well if you get your kid vaccinated if you believe in that then you should be fine then the, the no kid because be it, fine. because of the herd the, what is it it's not herd mentality it's called herd what is it herd uh... no I'm saying I'm sorry maybe I didn't speak right I, I'm saying like so let's say let's say uh, I'm an anti-vaxer and you're a uh, you get your kids vaccinated you'd be fine your, your kids would be fine right because even if my kid isn't vaccinated that's on like your kids should still be fine if they're vaccinated. No, right? no, that's no, because, actually that's actually that, exactly the opposite of the truth. Because but what isn't that what, is, isn't that the argument though? A lot of times, no, them? no, no, no. Because like what John alluded to earlier, like your kids are at the biggest danger threshold. But because what's happening is you have you're putting the chance of these diseases coming back and spreading wide, and they could spread to people that have picked up the vaccination already, like yeah. these people with like weakened immune systems. Even if they or, or the had. people that you said weren't couldn't get the vaccinations because of various reasons, and that that obviously right. is a concern. Like, like I, I wasn't saying like I was I was just playing devil's advocate right. is all I was doing. No, I right. understand right. you yeah. fucking asshole. Oops. Yeah. yeah. So what I would Fuck say you to you, you dumb motherfucker, go get your kids vaccinated so my kid doesn't die of the measles or get small testicles. Fuck you, anti-vaxxer. You know what? You know what? In this in this little exercise here, because I'm the anti-vaxxer, I want your kids to get these diseases. So <laughs> he wants your you. kids just to have small balls. <laughs> small balls, swollen brain, and coughs a lot. That's really all I want your kid to have. So. No, I, well, and I, that's a thing, and I, you know, and, and I, I mean, I really don't mean like you anti-vaxxers, but it's like, I mean, I do, I do, it's like, uh, you know, when, when belief really takes hold, logic kind of goes out the window, right? And it's hard to have a conversation, and that's, and I guess that's the thing, it's like, it's like, think of it like a net, right? That's what vaccinations are. All of us being vaccinated are the net, and the, the fewer, you know, the fewer people you have who are vaccinated, then that's like cuts in the net, and eventually if you have enough cuts in the net, that net won't work. Right. So, Greg, Greg, you so John and I don't have kids. Uh, we established that last episode. Uh, do you? You so mean not not together or individually? <laughs> <laughs> we have okay. We have one adopted kid. Uh, me and John together. Um, he's but Greg, you, years old. <laughs> he's, he's older. He's yeah. No, he's like forty eight. He's older than John and I. Um, do you do you run into a lot of parents uh, in you know that that are anti vaxxers Does it come up? Do you even know? Do people talk about it? Other parents I, talk about it? I'll tell you why I have in the past. And that's because, um, you know, we have a son that's on the autistic spectrum, right? So because of that, um, you, you'll run into, you know, you, you participate in that community and you'll, you'll find probably a lot of people that are kind of anti-vaxxers. And for good reason, um, some of them anyway, there's a lot of confusion that was it's almost like autism was just skyrocketing, right? The case numbers were just, just exploding and people were grappling, trying to figure out what the source was. And they, we still are kind of grappling. Um, when my son was born, uh, I think they said at that point, one out of every 150 kids is going to land somewhere on the spectrum. Since then, like today's numbers are one in 59 kids is going to land somewhere on the autistic spectrum. So basically the same goes, um, you know, you're, you're going to, someone that is going to interact in your life on a daily basis that has autism spectrum disorder 
It's just it's just cold hard facts. So we we some science came out, and this is segueing perfectly into some numbers that I have, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. And it it kind of explains people's fears and looking for a reason. What they could have done wrong was a diet, smoking, um, food. What what caused their offspring to have this disorder? Um, so people are still kind of grappling with that. So looking at vaccines, is there any is, is there any evidence to any of that, Greg? Sorry to interrupt, but is there evidence uh, to the smoking the or the diet? Uh, well, we don't know. I mean, it, there's obviously some kind of environmental environmental cause that met. I think it's the perfect storm of nature uh, meeting nurture, and so environmental causes and, and physiological genetic. I, I think personally that um, the way our environment's been for the last couple of years and the food we've had and the air we're breathing, all these kind of culminated with, with having some kind of a genetic predisposition and it's just the perfect time for it to blossom. So that's, that's my take on it. What the numbers say um, as far as vaccinations go, and I'll go into the kind of the vaccination and the link to autism because that was a big, big point that we were talking about earlier from Jenny McCarthy. So, so far from, from vaccinations, what they've discovered is 152,763 preventable illnesses. There have been 9,028 preventable deaths. The number of cases of autism linked to vaccination is zero. So it was bad science. So if we delve into that a little bit... Um, there are several reasons why anti-vaxxers gain traction, but perhaps none bigger than the prevalence of autism. In 2019, one in 59 babies born will land somewhere on the autism spectrum disorder. Combine that with the fact that it can be a regressive disorder, meaning regressive means you could have a typically de developing child who is already picking up uh, the ability to speak, interact, and they can go from being complete, highly verbal, speaking in sentences, to one day just stopping. So the, nothing I can imagine would be scarier as a parent to go from complete interaction, good eye contact, um, a happy kid that just kind of disappears. It's and and that one of the issues and one of one of the reasons why people try to build a correlational link is because typically these these things would start these, this regression would start at the same time um, as when they they had a vaccination. So it could be within a month or two months, like you get a, a vaccination in around two years or something. And I don't remember specifically, my kids are a little bit too old for that, for me to remember exactly that happens. But I do know that there's a link that right around the time you get your vaccination, you start to see signs of autism blossom. And uh, so, you know, it's not, I don't blame a single parent that would think that there's a link, especially due to uh, Dr. Former Dr. Andrew Wakefield. In February of 1998, Lancet published an article by Dr. Andrew Wakefield titled Leal Lymphoid Nodular Hyperplasia Nonspecific Colitis and Pervasive Developmental Disorder in Children. The article claimed rubella virus is associated with autism, and the combined measles, mumps, and rubella, or the MMR vaccine, has also been implicated. Anti-vaccination groups and parents began using Wakefield's article as rationale for opting out of vaccinations for their children. So you can see kind of what a powerful thing uh, this 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 doctor's research came up with. 
However, it was completely made up and 100% bunk. Between 2003 and 2012, Brian Deard, an investigative reporter, examined the story and published 36 articles which accused Wakefield of falsifying medical histories of children and essentially concocting a picture, which was the picture he was contracted to find by lawyers hoping to sue vaccine manufacturers and to create a vaccine scare. Wow. So, so yes. So he was basically stripped of his uh, mes- medical license and can no longer practice medicine and sued. And I don't, I think he was everything. And now short. Trump is going to nominate him or surgeon general. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. Yeah. It makes sense. Right. Yeah. It, it makes complete sense. So, so then there's, I mean, we, this is kind of redundant, so I won't get into, uh, I won't get into too much of the pros and cons of the, of the vaccinations because when I initially kind of drafted and did this research, I just wanted to bring you facts and not editorialize everything. But I think you can kind of see where my opinion of this is. I'm sure most people kind of. I don't. Agree. I don't know, Greg. I don't know. I don't know where your opinion lies. Well, the the pros for vaccination are are uh, completely 100 percent full of integrity. They've <laughs> saved. They've saved countless lives. They've eradicated diseases, and the proof is in the pudding. Because once people stop vaccinating, these diseases rear their ugly head again. So well, again, it's, yeah. why, it's why why the why why are people why are people so anti-vaccination? Okay, well you t- you touched upon a couple of things, right? Some people are like huge First Amendment advocates, right? Congress shall pass no law respecting an establishment or religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Some Christian scientists consider vaccinations against their religion because founder Mary Baker Eddy stated that calm Christian state of mind is a better prevented preventative of contagion than a drug or any other possible sanitative method. Right, I'm, so, not, I'm not a religious because, person, but give me the fucking drugs. Uh, uh, the perfect love is a sure defense. So put that in your pipe and smoke it because love of Jesus is supposed to save you from, from anything that. Right. Uh, right. Because you. says the guy, who no one Jesus. like, God yeah. so loved the world that he didn't give us antibiotics until like 1937. So apparently everybody <laughs> that came before us, God was like, fuck you guys. And then 1937, God was like, or 30s, I don't know. It was like in the 30s. God was like, okay, now you deserve to have antibiotics. But so. that was only that was only 1937 years after Earth was invented. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Greg. The right. Earth is 10, hey, 1937 years and seven <laughs> days. All right. Right. No, no, no. It wasn't yeah. after the Earth was invented. It was after the big guy died. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. So, yeah. And Jesus said unto them, wait 1900 years and then I'm going to help you with bacteria. Then I'm going to so. figure out ways for you guys to live longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting how people can kind of um, hide behind either religion or shit, even the Constitution to kind of exercise their free speech and say, no, right. they're going to opt out. Uh, the Amish communities, they don't view vaccinations as necessary and they believe that it actually weakens your immune system. The universal family church believes that parents should decide whether their children should be vaccinated and that God intends the health decisions of individuals and should be honored by all authorities. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty, that's a pretty interesting stance, right? So yeah, people, I mean, it's you, interesting, I guess. So it, it's, yeah, I mean, it's freedom of expression, right? No, of it's, course, yeah, there's, there's that freedom, there's that freedom, but... And, you know, people I, don't- well, but that's the th- right. And again, and I think that that's kind of what I was trying to say earlier is that, that I, I do think that we, 
you know, it is a fine line, but, but I, I feel like, I, I think of it like this, right? Like if, if two consenting adults want to do whatever they want to do together, right? They want to tie each other up. They want to beat the hell out of each other. They want to shit on each other. Whatever thing people have or a group, whatever. Like as long as people are, everybody's in and everybody's given consent that this is what I'm going to do, great. But the problem is that it's like these choices affect other people, right? It's like, in other like words... when you shit on I, someone who doesn't want to be shit on. <laughs> right, exactly. I, or, that's always you know, awkward. It's like, it's always awkward. It's like... I, I, you know, it's like, it's like the same reason we, we should, we should prosecute child molesters because, or rapists, because they're, 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 you're either choosing to prey on someone who doesn't have a choice in it. Well, I mean, both cases you are, but it's like, you're, you know, so it's the same thing. So it's like, you're, you're making a choice, your personal choice, your freedom is now endangering my life. And I just think that is, that is where we have to draw a line. As soon as it infringes upon the rights of innocent people and even worse still, potentially sick people that have low immunity. I kind of I kind of liken it to uh, if you're driving a car. If you're driving a car and you're drunk, I think your rights are kind of taken away, right? So right. It's, it's almost like if you're choosing not to get vaccinated or your children not to get vaccinated, it's like a similar kind of a choice. And unfortunately, your children are kind of paying the price and you know whether it's fear-based religion based or selfishness whatever you want to call it i i just don't see a good reason for for people to to want to expose and risk innocent people right so, the, the religious like, ang- like- the religious angle is we'll let god decide is that essentially what it is that's well for some for some groups yeah, for some, let, yeah. let's let god decide and, and again, if you're an adult, right, if you get sick as an adult and you don't want to go to the hospital because that's your belief, I, I think you should be allowed to, like, fine. Like, if you, if you want to roll those dice, great. But I don't think you should be allowed to do that with your kids like I, because, they don't, because they don't have the choice in that belief. Like, they don't have the maturity to make that decision to share that belief with you. So I just feel like, you know, I mean, I, I mean like, we, we have a lot like, so. Yeah, like you can't you can't give your five year old kid crack because you believe that crack is whatever and not get prosecuted for that. It's child endangerment. It's abuse. It's just, and so I don't think that people should get a pass. You should be taking notes. You can't give yeah. your child crack. Okay. Well, speaking <laughs> speaking to that and and the past that you're talking about, John, I've got a couple of facts that are a little related. So fact one: all fifty states require vaccinations for children entering public schools, even though no mandatory federal vaccination law exists. All 50 states issue medical exemptions, kind of like that pass you're, you're talking about. 47 Even Alabama. 40, mm. Well, that might change. 47 states, excluding California, Mississippi, and West Virginia, permit religious exemptions, and 19 states allow an exemption for philosophical reasons. So you could basically just say, I don't fucking feel like it, and you're off the hook. Uh, A couple more facts. Between 1989 and July 1st, 2014, 3,645 compensation awards have been made by the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, amounting to over $2.7 billion in awards and $113.2 million to cover legal costs. And 9,786 claims have been dismissed, amounting to $62.8 million paid to 4,925 dismissed claimants to cover legal costs. Another interesting fact Uh, According to the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, they've estimated that 732,000 American children were saved from death and 322 million cases of childhood illnesses were prevented between 1994 and 2014 due to vaccination. 
About 30,000 cases of adverse reactions to vaccines have been reported annually to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System since 1990. So it's 30,000 people have had adverse reactions to these vaccines. Um, compare that to the, uh, the 732,000 that have been saved from death. And of course, the 322 million we just talked about um, that did not get childhood illnesses. So these, these um, adverse reactions, that was since 1990, with 10 to 15% classified as serious, meaning associated with permanent disability, hospitalization, life-threatening illness, or death. So, I mean, it can happen, but more than likely you've got a predisposition. And uh, the final fact I have here, 19, I'm sorry, scratch that, in 1855, Massachusetts passed the first U.S. state law mandating vaccinations for school children, followed by New York, New York did it in 1862, Connecticut in 1872, Indiana in 1881, and Arkansas in 1882. Wow, so that 1800s, that's, that's, that's a long time ago, that's early. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that is a long time. So that, uh, that wraps, up, wraps up vaccinations, guys. So I just want to make sure I'm clear here. So after all those numbers, um, I think that I that we don't need vaccinations because uh, we need people to die, right? Is that what we're is that the point of this? Hey, we need, overpopulation we need more is people a problem. To die. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's too too many people. So survival stop vaccinating. of the fittest, right? Yeah. And, then and, they're heard. And thankfully, most of the people that are dying are children and babies. So that works at John's yeah. plan perfectly. Yeah. Yep. yep. No, I know. It, I know. Got, it got dark, but um, you guys want to. You guys want to end on a high note. <laughs> well, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask you this. Like, so for the purpose of our podcast, so I feel like I feel like the 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 correct answer is that. Well, I don't know. I guess some have learned from our history and some haven't because it, the history, at least the history that that uh, that we've discussed today, indicates that vaccinations have saved a lot of lives. Um, a lot of children's lives, but yet there are people out there right now who don't want to vaccinate their children, despite those numbers. But I feel like the the majority of people do vaccinate. Would you say that's correct, Greg? The the majority does. Yeah, that is correct, but obviously not enough to prevent right. these preventable to, to prevent them from, from popping back, back up. Again. Yeah, they're popping yeah. back up. I was, I was up, listening so- to a I was listening to like an NPR thing, and it's like you need ninety six percent vaccinated or, or something like that and if it falls below that by like just a point then 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 again that's where that net gets weak and you start having these problems yeah that's yeah. your tipping point and that's yeah. and it's very very harmful because it's it's gonna affect people that are virtually innocent in this and did everything that they were, they were supposed to do properly and uh, it's kind of a bummer so if you want to know if history defeated itself i think think the major component of that is is human mentality and mindset and i think you're always going to have that number that percentage even if it's small it could be five percent right which goes over that that tipping point that john was talking about a second ago that are suspicious to a point where they just don't trust the government enough and they don't trust they don't trust a, a cure that's right in front of their face and a, a way to prevent this. And, you know, I think all of us experience a little bit of paranoia and skepticism and pessimism and cynicism. But when oh, you... Oh, God, especially now. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, I mean, and in, I think, various, in various aspects of our lives, uh, uh, you know, as far as the, as far as the higher-ups are concerned, certainly. 
but, but yeah. yeah, and you look at yeah. you you look at the facts and you look at the science, right? The science yeah. is it's you can't argue with it. But uh, unfortunately, we just do have that small percentage of the population that uh, that jump out. So, well, and here's here's the thing because I, I I think it's uh, oftentimes when we talk about percentages, we kind of lose what the number is, right? So you think about like 5% of people, it's like, oh, that that's not that, you know, it's not a lot of people. But, you know, 5% of this country is about 16 million people, right? And and uh, that, that's a lot of people, right? Yeah, that's a big number. You know, yeah. that's, 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 I'm from Alabama. And I mean, man, right now, I really hate to say that. Like, I'm so ashamed to be from that state. But, but, uh, because of what they're doing with abortion. But, uh, you know, that that's like almost... That, that's more than three times the population of that state, right? So that's so you have three Alabamas, uh, or a little more than three Alabamas of people who are not, you know, who are not going to do this. And that's also um, that's also like eliminating the people that most people don't have a choice about whether they're vaccinated or not, right? Because right. So they're making these are people that are making asked. that yeah, these are asked. people that are making the choices for their kids. Yeah. So that's why that number, those numbers can be big. I mean, I don't actually know what the hard data is as far as numbers uh, not being not being vaccinated. I probably should have looked at that, but um, it's obviously enough to surpass that tipping point. You know, and I, actually, I mean, like, I I have a friend who who like she because I, I will go on Facebook and I will you know say say things and share articles and because I'm I'm definitely like I, I have a very hard opinion like about this and I, I think that. You know, everyone like again. I, I don't think it should be a choice. We should all get vaccinated. And but and she reached out and she said, you know, hey, she goes, my my kids have certain reactions. They're they're in like a they're of you know that one in a thousand who have a bad reaction to vaccines. They're in that they're in that. And so to that, like I I do believe that that is a legitimate reason to not get your kid vaccinated. Like, yeah, health reasons. Sure. You know, if, yeah, like if if you're if you have that chance, right? And, and, and I forgot, like they, they got a vaccine and there was a reaction. And then, so they know that their children are part of that. So then I think it's like, okay, right. So, but I don't think you should just be allowed to be like, oh, I believe that it causes autism and there's no proof of that. But because I believe it, I'm going to put these other kids at risk. I, I'm, I'm sorry, man. It's like, no. Or, or so. I believe that my God will take care of everything. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't, to, I don't care. Yeah. You know? no, I'm with you. I mean, I'm with you. So, because if if you die as an adult and you believe that, great, you get eternity in heaven, um, you know. But your kid dies and then also puts a whole bunch of the kids at risk. I was gonna I say, or puts other other people at risk. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So thanks. We're Greg. insane. That's, a fucking, fucking that's what history. That's what history does. We're just insane. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna eat some Mexican food now and put a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> And probably catch hepatitis A or B. Yeah. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. So well, that's what, uh, that's what tequila's for. <laughs> there you go. That's got to counteract it somehow. I just, I just want to be really clear. I'm not saying that Mexican food gives you hepatitis A or B. <laughs> so, or I, that, or I that tequila will, will cure hepatitis <laughs> yeah, A or B. I, we we got to make that doctors. clear too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys, you, enough of the fucking disclosures. I think people need to try things. <laughs> Give it a shot. You never know. You never know. Good. If you've already got it, you might as well pull out all the stops. Yeah, I mean, I, I will. I will say this. I, 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 with my medical expertise, I can, I can say that uh, tequila is 
it, it, I, and I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I had a thought. I think what John's trying to say tequila is, is delicious. That's what you were trying yeah. to say. <laughs> Everyone is, drink more tequila. It might not take away your hepatitis A, but you'll get drunk. But it won't give it to you. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be drunk and you'll forget you have it. So that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. And you'll It'll take away your sad feelings. Well, on uh, that note, uh, go out and have some tequila because uh, it'll cure whatever ails you. Uh, according to uh, the men of history defeats itself. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you, Greg. That was, uh, it was an awesome conversation. Appreciate uh, all the work on that. We'll be back in another couple of weeks uh, with another topic. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. All, all you need is love and a needle vaccination. Not heroin. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Bye.